Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Sapchat Podcast. I'm your host, Jaron May. Now, my guest today is Ray Barrett, VP at SAP for S4HANA Cloud, and thus at the centre of the recent Rise announcement. Ray started his career working for Philips, the electronics company, working in communications in the defence sector. It was whilst working at Philips that Ray got exposure to SAP and after four years joined SAP themselves. Ray worked for SAP for a further 17 years and understood in his words the what, but he felt that he needed to understand more about the how and decided to leave and work for a number of SIs. Ray worked for nine years for a variety of these SIs, and it was during this period that Ray and I both worked together. In 2017, Ray rejoined SAP in his current role. Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Ray. Good morning, Jaron. And and firstly, thank you for giving up your your Sunday morning. You and I have struggled, I know, to 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 get together for quite some time, and uh, I do appreciate giving up your your Sunday morning to to, to speak to me. You're welcome. And also, uh, I should say to listeners that uh, both Ray and I are struggling at the moment with pollen. So if you're coughing and uh, snorting the way through this podcast, uh, that, that's that, that's the reason why. So, um, Ray, I, I was just going to, you know, in terms of the intro, we talked about your early uh, career as an engineer with Philips. And I was just mm-hmm. interested, do you think those those engineering skills helped you when you joined SAP? And are they still relevant today in a way? I, yeah, I do. I do think so, Jaron. And, and, and if you think, you know, we've all got a background that we've built our careers on. Mm. Uh, engineering for me was about the, the, the whole understanding of the design, the how it's going to be applied, the things like form, fitness and function, change management, all the things that are relevant today about um, a solution, a service, a product um, are, are as equally relevant then as they are now. Um, you know, based on the way that which the, the, the markets worked over, you know, many different industrial revolutions that we've had to date. Absolutely. And, and so I, I, I guess when we look, we look at SAP and the evolution of it, you and I, you know, our, our careers have been built on, you know, that that ride with SAP, for want of a better word, all the way through the iterations, you know, R2, R3, uh, 4.7 ECC6, and, and now uh, to the recent announcement, I say recent, back in January, of, of Rise. I'm really interested in that because, you know, I, I don't want this to be a kind of going into the minutiae of Rise. And I, I know other other podcasts have focused on this, Craig Dell and the SAP user group in the UK of of, of uh, interviewed you at length on that but I'm interested in terms of the, the context of that I mean is this a, a natural evolution as you see it in 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 that kind of uh, engineering speak but you know where where SAP's going and, and hence the rise announcement oh let's go back to what you said about you know the ride with SAP I would probably disagree with you it hasn't been a ride it's been a journey um, I think on the journey, it's been a challenge. And, you know, what what have we been fundamentally about? It's been, you know, solving customer problems. Um, you know, whether, you know where, wherever you are now, wherever I am, we are still in that same um, same area. And, and the, the challenge has been those problems have evolved from many different factors, not just organically within the customer we've been dealing with. And if we look at the longevity to which we've had 
with any one customer. It's been so long now that customers have, uh, as you know, best of breed versus best of class, or as you now may see it, best of breed and best of class trying to come together in a platform. How, how do we become as an organization more relevant to a customer and how do we make it easier for a customer to adopt uh, SAP services and when I use the word services I mean cloud-based services rather than product-based services alongside our partners so yes I, I believe Rise is a very strong message to the market about SAP's understanding of the the complexity that has grown up within our customer base based on our customers all doing their own thing. And in trying to master a point of inflection which says, actually, we all want to go in this direction, it, as, as Craig pointed out on one of your other podcasts and as others have pointed out, you know, getting people to go in one direction when we're all human and we're all consumers in society is really hard. Mm. So the, the, the rise umbrella let's call it, um, and, and the, the rise um, with SAP Motion is all about trying to take our customers from their current situation into the future where operational excellence, the diversity of where they are and the market they're in, the competition, and more importantly, the, the um, how would you put it, the, the optimization of how they're consuming the services now are, are all being um, wrapped in a way in which sustainability can continue. And we'll probably talk about sustainability a little bit further on in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and, and I mean that that's been a recurrent theme all the way through this. I mean, if we we just take a, a, a step back, you know, uh, I think it was the sixth anniversary since the launch of S for Hana, uh, and and something like you know depends on whose metrics you look at, but about eleven percent of customers upgraded to S four at the moment. Twenty thirteen, we saw the 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 launch of SAP Heck Hana Enterprise Cloud. So there've been sort of iterations up to this point, haven't there? And I think Heck was a kind of nod and a wink to the fact that you know Hana appliances are really really expensive, and that that was kind of a a mirror to try it and, and do that. I guess you know the, the the question would be, and and you know the the challenge for customers around S four has been the fact that you know if we go back. Uh, 20, 30 years ago um, when we were starting our careers and we went to clients with the notion of an ERP, SAP uh, environment, it, it was a bit of a no-brainer. Every client had the, had the similar problem in that they had multiple applications, no single version of the truth, and SAP addressed that. The challenge now with S4, though, is that Actually, that doesn't that no longer applies. the The business case, if you want, and and I've had guests on that they kind of ha- have a bit of an issue with the fact that they've got to find a business case. But put that to aside, the business case for clients is really unique to them, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, but um, you know, a, a little bit like um, any any startup, any company that's been in business, it's how how do we stay alive and and, and and, and how do we grow? Um, we talk about sustainability. Sustainability is is not just about the um, the environment. It's about the economic stability in which that company thrives within. And, and and we've got to do the same. But we've got to take into consideration the technology trends and the different ways in which now people are consuming the technology. You know, mm. it was all about which database does SAP sit on in an open world yep. in the 90s. 
and, and even into the early 2000s. Mm. And, and then obviously with the frustration between two of the biggest uh, software companies in the market, SAP and Oracle, the ability to say, well, you know, do we want to be S, uh, Oracle's biggest, um, biggest um, reseller or do we want to actually do it ourselves? Um, you know, so from that perspective, when Hassa came up with 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 Hana, it was the start of a, an internal evolution within SAP, which has spawned where we are now. And in fact, when you look at what it is we're selling, which is pretty much the application plus the um, extensibility to to grow anything that the customer wishes to do it's it's not just about the business case it's a, it's about all of the other let's call it goodwill that comes with that in terms of how you adopt and consume um, the rise program and you, you know the, the from my perspective I looked in the mirror and said so what is the difference between um, taking a rise contract with SAP this year and, and buying an S4 HANA license last year. Um, the, the difference is that now, um, you know, the customer, uh, our customers can consume other elements of the software that SAP provides without necessarily having to come to SAP to look at how they will um, adopt and consume those services. Because if you look at the, you know, you break down what RISE is, um, mm -hmm. it's it, the S4 um, core core um, core platform plus um, the, the um, plus the business process intelligence plus the business network plus the um, business technology platform plus the other tools and services that assist our um, our own internal move program and our customers' ability where the customer is a long term customer the journey to say how do they adopt. The, um, the, the the most efficient way of converting or moving to S4. Um, and and I, I don't want to um, over overextend the value of those tools, but with the number of customers that SAP has out there in the ECC world and where it's come from and where we would like our customers to naturally move to with S4, um, we, we definitely need to ensure that programmatically there is a course of action for any one customer, depending on the, the existing environment they're on, whether they're on a hyperscaler, whether they're already on premise, whether they're already in um, a hyperscaler. We've got to think of every and, and we've, we've quoted it in our, in, in, in our um, conversations before, the departure point of where they are most efficiently onto where they want to be. But where they want to be is predicated by two things. One, as you say, a sound business case, and two, a following of the people that have worked for many years and are well entrenched with SAP's past, looking to the future and having to go through the disruption of understanding what that now means from a from a from a cloud perspective or a let's say digital perspective. Um, you know, the more digital customers can become, the more efficient, the more frictionless they will become internally with their customers and with with, with their employees. So, you know, what, it's all about the drive to automate and become, as you would hear from SAP, the best run business and, and you know, improving people's lives based on our mantra. And now with the 
the intelligent enterprise is an umbrella to that. And I, you know, you forgive me for, for saying those words, but that is not just our marketing literature, but what we're trying to get into our, our customers' DNA. Mm. That you know, the intelligent enterprise is all about removing a lot of the issues that the customers had in the past in a disruptive way to innovate for the future um, and to also also to play in line with what their DNA is, which is to serve their customers and grow their businesses in a sustainable way. Sure, sure. And and, and actually, I, I, I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, I've written blogs about it. My personal view is that, you know, if you were looking, and one of the big challenges that customers have had is if you're looking for a business case to upgrade to S4HANA as is, you know, I'm here today on ECC6, I go to S4, where's the value? Well, you're not going to find it. You're going to find the value in what that platform then enables. And invariably, it's the enablement of those digital technologies further downstream that allow you to do things and operate in a more efficient way, give you greater visibility, all those types of things. So yeah. so I get that. I mean, let, 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 let's just talk about a couple of things. I pick up, pick up a couple of interesting things that I've had, and, and they might be old old customers uh, and stakeholders talk to me about which has been you know traditionally SAP was something that you know it was an application customers could choose the uh, the database of choice and obviously you know I take your point SAP are hardly going to want to to be feeding and watering Oracle but they, there was a choice there was SQL there was Oracle you know etc etc uh, and, and, and then also they could de- determine the platform now moving forward of course they do have those those opportunities but they, they, you, you're taking away some of that now aren't we I mean we're moving away from you know it, it is a HANA database obviously um, you're you're also working with with the hyperscalers um, it, in all of this, is there, you know, is there a bit of a rub between um, yourself and the hyperscalers? And is there a bit of a rub between SAP and some of those customers that are sat there thinking, well, actually, now everything is going through SAP uh, in terms of the te- technology platform, in terms of the, um, the the database, it's all in into one contract. Does that not lock them in a little bit? And is th- is that going to cause a bit of friction? Uh, you could, I could go back to you, um, I could go back to you, Jaron, and say, what do you mean by rub? Mm. Um, you know, uh, when you buy your um, your tractor, or dare I say it, being a, being a <laughs> farmer, yeah, or whether you, you know, do you buy a Massey Ferguson or do you buy a Honda? Mm. Um, no, do, do, do when you buy a car, do you buy a, a BMW or a Mini? Mm. Same company. But do you buy the wheels? Do you buy the engine? Do you buy the chassis? Um, you know, if you look at the marketplace, any customer that has decided to put ECC in a hyperscaler, yeah, um, we'll continue to, to, to work with the hyperscaler with ECC. But, um, you know, you've then got to say, well, OK, what's the warranty period for my various um, platform, my, my various landscape? Um, h- how do I move that forward? Do I just keep it there and hope that, you know, it's going to continue to work? And you work on some sort of fix and fail contract with your application management provider? Um, what, what, do, what do you do? Um, but if you're buying the BMW or you're buying the Jaguar or you're buying the Ford, you expect Ford to support the various, um, you know, various solutions that those products have within them. And that's exactly what SAP are doing. Yeah. So okay. if, if we take that as a yep. wrapper, the you know, rise with SAP is 
uh, you're buying a contract to consume the software for the period of time that that um, subscription lasts. And it's a subscription, yeah? And, and, you know, I... Two years ago, I bought my very first brand new car, but I didn't buy the car. I took out a lease, a PCP lease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I had to sit down with the the guy in the garage um, and I sat down with two people, the salesman. And I sat down with the lease provider, which was part of the same dealership. And I, I remember sitting there laughing laughing at the guys talking through the the process of how I was buying the buying a car but I was actually leasing it and I had the choice to hand it back at the end of the day mm. and I and I said why are you laughing and I said well I just I'm just seeing this the analogy of of the company I work for you know SAP and and how we are trying to disrupt our customers to taking out a, a, a contract to consume compared to where they've been which is buying a, a, a perpetual license to um, you know install the software and support it themselves and and you know the disruption that was going on in my head is am I looking at my car now a little bit like a utility my gas my electric my telephone uh, and it's based on a consumption base Mm. And, and, you know, fundamentally, I thought to myself, you know, and, and, and the same happened to me last weekend. I, I trialed my first electric um, car journey. You know, I, I went into the car and went into the garage. Um, it was a uh, it doesn't matter what garage it was, but I went into the garage and I probably will mention it in further conversation. But um, he said to me, these and I said, what electric cars do you do? And he showed me a picture which looked very similar to SAP's picture about how you could deploy cloud. And right. I chuckled again. I chuckled. Why? Because you can have a you can have a hybrid, you can have a pure electric car, and you can have something in between. Mm-hmm. But you might need to have a 48-volt battery versus a 24. Um, and, you know, and I was like, hmm, interesting. But what am I what am I buying at the end of that? Um, yeah, what am I buying? Am I, you know, with a seven-year warranty that was also being offered, and you can probably guess the uh, the car manufacturer now. I was thinking, it's the warranty I'm looking for. It's the ability to have the choice and have the resilience um, that was more important, um, and also the, the the knowledge that when I pull up against the lights with other people, I don't, I feel proud that I'm pulling off in a car that takes me from A to B and I've still got a bit more power to go to D you yep. know it's uh, very interesting no no it is it is and and I completely get it I completely get that I, I guess then the the, the, the next natural uh, element is that SAP obviously has a services part of its, its business always has but it's not been traditionally a business that goes out and offers apps management it's not been a business that's offered um, the, the cloud platform Per se, um, and, and actually the um, the the provision of a managed, totally managed service. So how are, how are SAP going to work with the hyperscalers, uh, the SIs out there offering those end to end services? Because effectively, it will be SAP. To to your point, you know, going into a garage, it is me undertaking uh, a contract with the garage for the car despite where the the wheels come from or the platform etc etc the same will happen with sap will it not uh, absolutely and, it, and you, you put it in a future tense it's already happening jaron mm. um but let's just break down each of those components um you've got the service providers uh and you know we've got a very um We've got a very strong group of core um, core customers that you could say are the top 500 that you know 
helped the world from everybody from Apple to Microsoft themselves to Google. They are all very large clients. And then you've got you've got in 25 industries, some of the biggest banks, some of the biggest automotive, some of the biggest. Uh, but but you've also got to look at where SAP's mainstream customers are. And I'm not saying those I've just mentioned aren't mainstream, mm. but more than half, way more than half. And I'm not going to give you any stats, but maybe more than half of our customers in your traditional ERP space that you mentioned that this podcast is about sit in the mid market. Yeah. Yep. So in order to, you know, what have we got to do? Mm. So I, I'm going to reverse the question and say, what is it that we are now doing um, in order to support those customers? Number one, let's identify the key partners that are both um, um, transformational, as in SIs that, uh, or, or other uh, management consultants that do change, do go through change programs, but those as well that have run AMS contracts with their existing customers and the pure plays um, of this world and those that are evolving. Uh, and what you've seen and probably continue to see is the acquisition of niche tucking applications in the SAP space or application service providers to the bigger organizations that mm. want to. You know, when, when you and I first came to know each other at Atos, what was our biggest number one thing that I had to do as the practice lead? It was transform Atos to look and look like the face of an SAP partner mm. so that our value-added services, and if you remember Success Factors was the first one that we cut our teeth in mm. outside of core ECC, and, you know, we, we hired Christopher Edwards and a few others uh, from SAP to help us do that. And, you know, they're still there pushing, pressing the metal now and following that face. So um, I think the market is there. The problem in the past that you've that you've had and you continue to have is change. Change is an individual concern. It's a company concern. It's a departmental concern. Um, and although SAP 20 years, 30 years ago was all about integration, by the time it settles down and procurement plus all the other departments that are involved in an SAP acquisition are involved, you turn back the clock almost and go backwards rather than forwards with the way in which SAP would prefer you follow its its programmatic approach to support. I won't mention the key companies that have been uber uh, successful with SAP, but if you look at um, companies like Apple, yeah? yeah, if you look at Apple and say, how have you managed change management? They will say we have been as prescriptive as we can, and we have followed SAP's um, advice all the way down the line. Why? Because they've done it to themselves. Why? Because they saw the boundaries of where SAP could support their business. And in lieu of that, many of the mid-market companies are the same. It's, it's only where we, SAP, have allowed, allowed in the past our development platform to be, let's say, not misused, but to be adapted by our partners and by other providers where we have created um, I won't say a legacy, but we have created a platform of support that is needed in the AMS contracts that companies like Fujitsu and uh, uh, Accenture and others provide. Um, that becomes something that you know we would like them to evolve over time. And you know, I could say to you, 
when you when you put in uh, an AMS, uh, an RFP to a customer, Geron, do you put in their future enhancements, updates, or do you just look after? You know, you're not managing their mess for less. Yeah, <laughs> you're looking. You're very much. You're very much needing to try and say we want to bring some innovation to this party. And what's our differentiation? Our differentiation as a service provider may not be what SAP is supporting because you're trying to wave your own brand. What we're now doing with our partners, uh, in addition to what was done before, is providing that platform of of both upward up, upward compatibility and extensibility, so the customer can configure, um, change, bespoke if necessary their solution set in the cloud, but without having any impediment on the core, let's call it S4 environment they're running because the two are run in parallel, integrated, and there is no, um, uh, there's no issue in upgrading from there on in. And as soon as we surpass that issue, which is, is what gr- gives a lot of people a gripe, yeah, in, mm-hmm. in, in terms of keeping, keeping the cost of their basis team on, keeping their cost of their development team on, or you know, having to go out to procurement to find a developer that understands what they were doing on release 3.1 or 4.6 or, 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 or 6. Point whatever. It, it's, it's you know, how do, I, how do I sustain and how do I future-proof my investment as a CIO as, or as a CXO or as a CDO? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. And um, trying to break that mantra is, is, is what we're trying to do now. Um, and, 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 you know, we are completely uh, at will to talk to any customer about that journey with whichever partner they are currently working with or partner they want to work with in order to make that happen. So, and, and I get it. And, and to your point about AMS, I mean, the days of your mess for less are, are, are well gone. I mean, you know, any RFP you're responding to now, you're, you're genuinely looking about, you know, obviously resilience of service. Yes, customers want it as as uh, optimally and efficiently as priced as possible. But they're also looking for how are you going to make my business processes more efficient in that? How are you going to start to automate that with rpa etc etc and there's a theme there in what you were saying um which which i'm going to come back to which is you know the challenge for for sap is actually extracting the value out of the core application um and if i if i look at you know you and i will know um lots of customers um, that have implemented it as a core system of record. Um, they've probably done financials and not a lot else, and then suddenly turn around, you know, 10 years later and say, I'm not getting the value out of SAP. And if you're looking to the point early on about upgrading to S4, you have to drive the value out of SAP. And you have to commit to it and really be sure where you're going. So a, a lot of what you're saying seems to me to be focusing on that. So, providing customers with choice, providing them with a platform that will enable that change both now and into the future, but also making sure it's enabled for them to extract as much value out of it as possible. So one of the things I noticed in in the RISE announcement, and you can tell me this is significant or whether I'm just picking up on something randomly, was the actual implementation in part. I mean, it's not not massive, but there is a, a kind of... Uh, an SAP business network element to it. There's a business process intelligence element to it. Um, there's connection with uh, Ariba, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think, you know, it is that um, 
done purposely by SAP to encourage customers to start looking beyond the traditional uh, ERP SAP space? Yes, uh, it is right. Yes, 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 and yes. But think about it. Forget whether it's SAP or a another. What does the customer want to be able to do? It wants to be able to buy into a relationship with a business partner that can support the under, the, the, the provider's ability to understand its business, its direction, where opportunities can be had, and to continue that adding the value with a group of partners uh, in an ecosystem that they feel completely um, completely at one with. And, you know, and, and go back to your point, um, so business network, okay? Mm. Um, if I was, you know, if I was just looking at best of breed and I went to um, the business network and I looked at the, the value um, statement that that business network gives, which is how much buying power does it have from the partners that um, subscribe to use it? It's immense. You know, um, it's bigger. If you look at the volume, the the volume of business that runs through that business network, mm. it's bigger than an Alibaba, a Google um uh, um, uh, an eBay or an Amazon put together in terms of business volume mm. for the for the B two B market. Um, and if you do that, you can say, okay, well, you know, from the, you mentioned IRPA and you mentioned automation, I can do whatever I want to do internally to make sure the process of driving the operation is at least cost to the business as possible. However, if I then want to open up and then look at um, how I can look at scale and, and use and, and take advantage of the, the business network that is there with all the numbers of uh, suppliers that are available to me, the same suppliers that I'm using at the moment in another B2B format, not using the network, then potentially, you know, I can take one or two percent or three or four or five or six percent off of my 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 cost base by doing so. Um, and in and in and in doing that and embracing the power of that scale is what we're offering our customers, a, 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 along with many other things that the network brings with it. Um, you know, invoicing. Mm. Um, how do I want to you know centralize my inv- invoicing? I mean, we've talked about and, and you and I for years have talked about um, in-source, outsource. Um, you know, um, look at nearshore, offshore, not sure. Um, you know, many customers go through this on a, a perpetual basis. So we have the ability or the customer has the ability with Rise to look at that with an open book rather than, you know, just an account manager trying to knock on the door and sell the customer something else from SAP, which, to be frank, the customer can now look at themselves and, 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 and look at what they've consumed and start to use the credits that are available in support of that to um, to drive the adoption of, of that business network, but moreover, the outcome that it will drive, which is a lower um, cost base in procurement. Yeah, and um, I know we were we've we've been discussing at length about you know you, you discuss uh, and explain rise to me as a concierge type service really uh, an ability for customers to uh, choose you know what's appropriate for them as a business uh, and actually in the process be able to move away from some of the constraints that they might have in the way that they're licensed currently um, as they move forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's, and you could say, um, you know, with with the way in which 
the the um, the whole model works. The it, it's a number of stages that we, we we bring to the table in terms of in terms of rise. The first thing we've got to do is is, is ascertain where the customer is today. Um, you know, with with rise and what it what it brings to them. Um, and in doing that, it's a relationship that is triangulated between the existing partners that um, the customer uses, mm-hmm. alongside the the existing contract that commercially they have with SAP, but but moreover, the services that we now provide through our customer success team. And, it, and if we look at the the MOVE program that we've run for the last four or five years in SAP, the MOVE program has been um, something that I take my hat off to SAP in bringing forward because it's a programmatic way that at any point the customer can come to SAP and say, I am here. How do I get to where you are now or where I need to be? Mm. And remember, the customer doesn't have to need to be on SAP. It's a choice. And, and, you know, I always have to say, you know, let's look at our competition. It's There's always a choice there. You know, what is it that SAP gives me over any of the competition that are out there? And is the power of that relationship strong enough to keep going? Mm. And, and that power of that relationship is really important. And I think that's a that's a really interesting point because you know often um, you know we live in a cynical world uh, and and I know you know I've spoken to plenty of 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 clients um, that will actually just talk about SAP as being a vendor that's trying to kind of um, I wouldn't say screw them over but you know hold you know make as much money as possible and and aren't really interested and actually what you're saying is no completely the, the complete polar opposite what you're there to do is you know come to us with your problems articulate what those problems are set that challenge and and we will we will actually help you overcome them and i think that's a a really powerful message that is often um you know neglected or 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 not picked up on quite frankly well uh, absolutely and um you know the biggest thing that has probably and since I've returned to SAP, um, you know, I came back with a, a public cloud hat. Mm. And what I've realized is that public cloud is not for everyone. Mm. Yeah, it, it, you know, It's where SAP's desire to take the customers is moving because it's it's a frictionless world in the digital environment that we've discussed earlier. But right now, um, where our customers are and where they want to be, it's a case of there's history, there's baggage, mm. there's open wounds. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and those open wounds that, you know, I've clearly discussed with Craig um, come from a succession of successes, a succession of perceived failure. Um, and what is failure? Mm. Yeah. Failure is not meeting success or the criteria of a given project or program that was set up with a business case. But what's the most important thing about business? It's an evolution. Uh, and it's an evolution that changes. And if you can't adopt or embrace change with good reason into any of the n- narrative that a, a project has, if you're not building um, some form of resilience into your buffers of uh, how how you look at contingency, how you look at um, what if this, what if that, change management. You know, mm. you 
you can cite and, and Google why projects fail. It is the change management thereof and the ability for people to actually understand the top down message of why are we doing this? You know, we, we are not no, no one company is at fault um, in terms of did things fail or did they evolve? And I think most people will say it evolved. Um, and, you know, whether SAP was or is the single uh, source of the truth or whether a customer needs an analytics store as well or a data lake to sit in the background um, is, is down to, well, what is the purpose? What is the outcome I'm trying to drive? And who, who owns this? And do we have the consensus um, built into the, the, the company to support it? I go back to the SAP. You know, I, I rejoined SAP and I, cloud was the motion. I came mm. from a, a cloud provider of subscriptions. I came back into SAP to look at just what needs to change. And the customer, uh, chicken and egg, uh, SAP has, uh, uh, um, you know, um, contracted with its customers for many years until until we started to acquire a lot of the um, uh, cloud-based companies that we now have and organically now with S4 develop on cloud first and then push back to on-prem for the customers that wish to continue in an on-prem um, environment. But in lieu of that, the transaction is no longer tolerable in the market. It's about how we as, as a customer can attain our customer's business, mm. adopt, get the customer to adopt. You know, we, uh, we always talked about the old ASAP methodology, accelerated <laughs> FAP. How do you, how do you, that method was ingrained in a lot of people's, um, a lot of people's minds. Yep. But now if you look at, you know, the, the, the latest methodology that we now you know, activate, mm. it is it is about adoption and it is about consumption and continual evolution. Um, and and therefore, although we might start to, you know, we start may start the race and we you know, we set up the highway, we need to work out the onboarding points and, the, you know, where we can join the highway with other projects as well. And when you're looking at continuous innovation, continuous disruption, a marketplace that is evolving, you know, who would have said 18 months ago that in six months time you're going to have a complete disruption of covid and mm. um, that's i realize everybody's not sick and tired of covid but you you cannot say that in the in the world that we live in that covid has not had a dramatic impact on sap mm. and yes. everybody else that it has served mm. hugely our partners our customers alike and you know thank Thank God we are all here now um, living this living this journey and, and, and reflecting on what didn't we do sooner? You know, I make it, uh, you know, digitization of, of money. Yeah, I, I was probably a late adopter of, of, of using my phone mm. as a, you know, one stop shop as a, you know, as a wallet. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, my wife is the same, but now she's on Google Pay. I'm on Apple Pay. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and I'm what's great about that is I'm seeing the other dimension of what Google are offering versus what Apple is offering with all of its providers. So uh, I think there's been a massive acceleration in digitization and, and we as a company have had to shift uh, and what we what 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 a lot of 
customers have realized is we have been there for a long time. We have been able to offer a consumable service, but perhaps the momentum, perhaps the um, the reason for the change wasn't as prevalent as it now is. Um, and it goes back to your point about the hyperscalers. Um, yes, you can move your ECC world into the hyperscaler, but what is the journey that SAP would allow you to prescribe if you were on ECC and a hyperscaler, you're locked in to the hyperscaler for three to five years, um, of which is the hyperscaler going to take you on the journey to S4 alone? Or do you come back to SAP and work with a, another partner with the hyperscaler in the RISE bundle to take you on that journey to manage that disruption if there is any on that journey that you wish to take? Looking at all of the, the opportunity and the risks together. Um, and in lieu of that, we go back to the 90s and reflect the 90s to where we are today. The, the challenge of which database to use mm. is now as equal to the challenge of what hyperscaler should I use, which is why, which we didn't do, if you remember, we could resell. Um, we could resell an Oracle database. We could resell other databases at the same time. But um, with the RISE contract that we now have, the RISE proposition, we can now work to the customer's choice of hyperscaler depending on where their other um, where their other landscape lies as well um, and and on also you know we 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 acknowledge that the customer's end game is not going to be necessarily with one one hyperscaler because you know in the, their customer needs resilience so we cannot choose that and they've probably been working with the hyperscalers longer than longer than um you know than we have been working with s4 with a given hyperscaler they may wish to use so we want to give the customer the choice the flexibility um to do that so and get all of that and 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 actually what uh, what's coming out of this conversation for me at least is one a clear message about a partnership between SAP and their customers galvanized around their business and their challenges and what they want to do and and actually SAP um, being an enabler a platform to help those organizations both adopt and transform themselves um I've got to ask you um I, I, from a- Sorry, Jeremy, Jeremy, before you ask me that, mm. I, I, have to, I have to intercept that. We cannot do this without our existing partners working with our customers as one. And, 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 and so my next question was going to be on the back of Sorry. that. No, 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 not at all, not at all, because it's, it's, it's a great debate. Because, you know, I, I've worked for a number of SIs. You've worked for a number of SIs as well. We've got loads of connections that work for pretty much all of the SIs, uh, certainly in the UK and, and, and across the globe. Um, the question, therefore, is, um, you know, it's important that SIs have their own distinct identity and their own offerings that they bring to market. From an SAP perspective, though, what makes a good partner from from those SIs? Oh. I know that's leading, right? It, you know, it, it is, but 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 you know, it, it's a it's a really good point because you know. Um, you you have to have a broad range of SIs because one size does not fit all, uh, and and actually you know what what then does make a, a good partner? Um, well, there's a good partner for the customer. There's a good partner for for SAP, but the difference is a good partner for the customer and SAP. And, mm. and what I mean by that is 
Um, and I'm not going to um, name any any. I'm not going to give you the. the, the no, no, no. I wouldn't expect you to. But um, but in, in terms of in terms of it, one one that follows uh, reason with SAP and can communicate that reason with the customer at one with SAP. Yeah, um, mm. and also one that one that one partner that can communicate the customer's message of what the customer is trying to achieve to SAP. Um, so that SAP follows that same logic, and and, and we are a, a, a you know there is a triangulation mm. you know that between two partnerships between two partnerships you can fall out, mm. but if you've got someone who is able to act as um, somebody who is in the middle ground who can understand that every every step of the journey is one by which it's not driven by an SLA. It's not driven by what the software will or won't do. Mm. It's a it's a voice of reason. Um, then I think that is that is a, a key ingredient. And it, it, I'm looking when I'm thinking, I'd love to mention one or two partners that I've worked with recently who have, who have really assisted in doing that. So a voice of reason, um, in this, in the, you know, offering, uh, best, best practice, um, packages of work, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, the customer's taken, I've just taken this big contract. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big multi multinational conglomerate, um, package services, yeah, but package services is is one thing. But what about localization? Mm. Um, you know, and, and I think the portfolio of services that a partner offers now is as important now as it was in the nineties and noughties. Um, but um, the ability to bring that together or to work with a partner that also has back-to-back relationships with other partners um, where um, there is both competition or co-opetition um, and the ability to recognize the value of those services is, 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 is really important. Mm. Um, you know, everybody wants it done now. There's always a time constraint. There is always the usual raison d'etre that comes with a, a, a partner in agreement. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, I think the key message is, you know, better together um, and SEP and our customers will not grow without a vibrant um, innovation um, network of partners that can drive anything in the supply chain, anything in the fintech services, anything mm. in automation, banking, in the 25 industries that we support, um, both develop and, and innovate on those applications as well as support the nuances. Um, you, you mentioned one thing about the uh, the hyperscalers. You know, we, we, we could move ECC into a hyperscaler. Yep. But the biggest, for me, the biggest difference in taking the RISE contracts, that with the RISE, the RISE um, solutions now that we have, is the ability to play into the industry with the content that is relevant for the industry, for the life in which that industry is going to be um, lived. And, and remembering that now a lot of the customers that we had that were in one industry have morphed or evolved into other industries as True. well, either by acquisition or dispersal, yep. disposal. So uh, from, from that perspective, you know, the world in which we live supports the industry from both an application and a content perspective. If you go directly to a hyperscaler, you will then need to build the, your own content in those areas where you build your applications out with the hyperscaler. If you build them directly with SAP, you're first and foremost 
potentially take the SAP industry applications with the content provision that comes with those applications for the industry supported by the hyperscaler. Um, slight subtle difference, but mm. the longevity of that relationship is probably stronger directly with us than saying, well, actually, I'm going to use the hyperscalers um, add on services to develop in this one area. Um, and, and again, if you look at the evolution of um, any of the applications in any of the industries, we want to consolidate, um, you know, we want to be able to consume and we want to be able to adopt um, so that we can expand um, moving forwards. And that evolution is, is, is consistent. If you look at the various cloud uh, acquisitions we've made, how many of them now look like they did five, ten years ago? Mm. Um, they've evolved. They've evolved at a rapid pace. They've adopted quite a lot of the SAP internal um, core organic um, technologies. However, those core organic technologies have also bettered themselves from those best in best in class um, apps that we've acquired. So, you know, it's, you know, together as one or uh, better together, should I say, um, is, is a key mantra moving forward. And, and I think uh, I'm incredibly conscious of your time on a Sunday morning. Uh, and, uh, and I think, you know, you and I, um, you know, have uh, over a couple of beers spent far too long talking about this sort of thing and probably could carry on for another two hours. Um, yeah. So I, I just want to say thank you, Ray, for giving up your time. I'm sure um, our listeners be really interested in this conversation. I know it's going to involve as as everything does, but thank you very much for your time. And, uh, and I'd love to pick up again a bit later on uh, as this uh, journey unfolds thanks jaron yeah i mean you know you, you, i i know this is looking at, at, at rise as one of many topics but um you know it, the, the engagement model itself that we we have with our customers now is one where we invite our customers in to understand the the end-to-end -end in, in whole enchilada as you would put it i think that's one of your terms i've used in the past <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's something that is all about outcome mm. um, and all about for us, you know, how do, how do we evolve our customers' journey with SAP so that, you know, they can become um, a lot stronger as organizations consuming software services. But, but moreover, um, you know, the best run companies run SAP. And I think the, the key thing around that is, you know, um, improving people's lives. And, and you know, we, just to finish on the sustainability angle, I mentioned environmental, but mm. the economics of the environment are also important in a world that is, you know, very difficult to see how, you know, the financial markets and everybody else from a fintech perspective is is working and how our pensions will be paid in the future. Um, you know, I think that's another, I'd love to do another one of these hours with you where we, 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 we talk openly about the marketplace and, and how the marketplace is moving and how, you know, the world of tomorrow is not what it is today. Um, so, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you, Jaron. And um, I look forward to uh, speaking to you again very soon. Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, I'll, I'll take you up on that very kind offer. So, uh, Ray Barrett, thank you very much for your time. And uh, I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks, Jaron. All the best. Thanks. Bye.